you'll have to go back and retest individual components, which is to me like the worst sense of irony because- You could have just done it. You should have just done that from the first. Yes. 100%. Hey everyone, you are listening to From A to B. Thanks for tuning in. I am Tracy and I am joined by my co-host Shiva with pink hair this time around. I, if you're listening to this, you can't see him, but uh, yeah, it's pretty vibrant. <laughs> I love it. And certified keynote speaker. Oh, true. Yes. Yes, you did host a keynote at CXL Live. That was pretty dope. The top rated one, according to the three people that I polled. That sounds a little biased. I think that's a big enough sample size. Sure. Sure it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Shiva. And they came up to me to say it. So that's definitely not biased. Right. Of course. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Speaking of CXL Live, a few of you came up to us and recognized us. And we really appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Alex, Catherine, Relika, Lauren. Ryan. Ryan. Oh, yeah, Ryan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, it was such a pleasure meeting you all. And yeah, we want to meet more of you. So reach out to us anytime. There's a lot of certified homies. And we got to found a new, we found a few new certified homies as well. Yes, we sure did. So welcome if you're a new friend of the pod, new certified homie, and uh, we'd love to have you here. All right, Tracy, for our new people, we have to make sure this is a good episode. No promises. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make this the worst one. Now, Sheva, redesigns. This is what we're Tracy. talking about today. You, you were a little delayed on that one. I did that on purpose. Okay, sure. <laughs> I believe you, sure. Uh, redesigns. Obviously, this is a very controversial topic, and it's been talked about to death, but I do find a lot of the conversations about redesigns are not the most helpful, so I do want to inject some helpfulness in here. I'm also speaking about this topic on October 31st through VWO as a webinar, so we'll put the link in the show notes. Would love for you to tune into that, but for today's topic, Shiva's going to do all my homework for me, so I'm going to use that to write the webinar. And then, yeah, we're going to go just a bit more in depth on how to have a successful redesign, how to survive a redesign fail, and just try to be a bit more helpful than just being like, don't do redesigns. Yeah, I think that's what's crucially missing is redesigns a lot of times train leaves the station. And if you're a junior Sierra analyst trying to tell the VP of brand, hey, maybe redesign isn't the best idea is a message that is generally not easy to convey. Yes, I think that is what a lot of redesign advice is missing is it assumes that there's a choice in the matter. And for many optimizers, this redesign is happening whether you like it or not. Personally, I try to avoid redesigns at all costs. There is some merit to saying don't redesign, in my opinion. But the fact of the matter is you don't always have the sway or the influence to decide if it's going to happen or not. But what I think optimizers, especially junior optimizers, could use more of, what I wish I had more of was, okay, this is going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but we're redesigning the site. What can I do now that's within my power before, during, and after the redesign to set it up for success and mitigate as much risk as possible? Smart redesigns. Smart. Not just redesigning for the sake of redesigning. Yes. Smart redesigns. Well, that actually leads me to why do redesigns even happen? In a perfect world, there's a good reason to do 
a redesign. What is a good legitimate reason for a redesign? I would say the site's fundamentally broken. How do you define fundamentally broken? I think there's a lot of different ways that you could detect that, but we just want the site to look better or new CMO comes in and wants to make a splash by redesigning the site. These are not good reasons to redesign. I'm sorry. If you have like a merger or an acquisition, sometimes you have to redesign to incorporate that new company. Or let's say you've had the same brand and logo for 10 years. I don't think it's necessarily on the CRO to say whether it's good or bad. And this is just my opinion. I don't think it's on the experimentation team to say it's a bad idea to redesign if the CMO has declared a strategic initiative to redesign, to rebrand. I don't know if you remember this. Craigslist did like a huge redesign. Their site was like shit. It was like it, it was came out straight of like the 1930s because there was internet <laughs> back then. But like it looked terrible for like, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> they did a whole refresh and no one liked it. Yeah. Because they were so used to the old design. Now, is the redesign inherently problematic? I don't think so. Because I do think Craigslist did need a punch up of a new design, personally speaking. And I'm sure marketing leaders and everyone else was like, yeah, we need a punch up. But it was the way that they executed it. So I want to focus a lot more on like the, it's bad to just blindly redesign. To your point, that's a bad reason to just say we need to redesign because we need to redesign. But I'm sure there's enough research from the user studies that people were like, this UI is kind of clunky and old. And while they might have been used to it, it, there was probably some research that indicated they did need to redesign. To your point, the approach is a big part of whether a redesign is going to go right or it's going to go wrong. But at the end of the day, I've seen reasons for redesigning being like we're replatforming or we're changing domains. So why don't we just overhaul the site at the same time? Okay. Nightmare. Horrible. Story time. This happened to a client of mine in the past. I loved this client. They're my favorite client. They decided to redesign their entire website in the process of changing to a new domain. You can see on their Shopify revenue just the day when this redesign happened, revenue tanked and didn't really recover in the weeks after. So we were playing a lot of redesign surgery after this occurred, not knowing what went wrong. There was no backup plan. There was no, oh, we're just gonna turn the old site back on. So this is definitely a big consideration for, are you redesigning for the right reason? And also, are you prepared? for this redesign. I went through the same thing where we had a redesign and it wasn't a full-scale redesign. It was like an update of CSS styles because the new platform couldn't accept certain designs. In that way, you're still got to test it. It's more of a non-inferiority thing. And when we did it, it actually lost and we had to revert back and tweak some things. So I think that's probably a good segue into like redesigning smartly. But at the end of the day, like I think sometimes to your point, they're just redesigning because they're like, well, while the patient's open, let's just do it. And that's not a great reason. But sometimes you have to do it because the platform can't accept certain things. I'm playing devil's advocate here to be totally clear. Like I'm trying to inject some of the like oppositional side so we can discuss why people might be challenging you on redesigns and saying, well, we'll just redesign it because... I told you so. Mm -hmm. We want something that looks better is just not a good reason. I agree. I know that there's a lot of differing opinions on this, but a website can perform really well and look outdated. And Craigslist. Yeah. 
Craigslist, the Space Jam website is still around 1996. It's like legendary for looking, oh my God, almost 30 years old. How old are we? Oh my God. Have you seen Ling's cars? Yes, I have. Yeah. Those are like, you're never going to redesign those because they're known for their poor design. Totally. But just because something doesn't quite suit your aesthetic doesn't mean it doesn't work for you. So let's get into it. You're an optimizer, an in-house optimizer, and this redesign is happening. You have no say in the matter. It's happening whether you like it or not. You're probably going to be responsible for cleaning up the mess if one occurs. Sorry, that's just the it's fact of the matter. It's a tough reality, yeah, 100%. It is the reality. So you have an opportunity at the start of this conversation, assuming you're looped into the conversation. How do you set up this redesign for success? I guess first step is making sure you're part of those conversations. I was part of this where I joined a company and then they were like two months away from redesigning, but I was like still filling out HR paperwork and like figuring out my benefits. And then while I was onboarded, it's like, all right, we're a month away from a redesign. Yeah, it sucks. And I was also an analyst. So anything that the lowly analyst would have said to the yeah. big mighty CMO would have been David versus Goliath and absolutely just heard on deaf ears. Is it fair to say that you still have opportunity to prepare the team for this redesign and like reduce that risk up front? Totally. I think it's conversations that need to be had to say, you're not going in scolding them saying, hey, this redesign is going to fail. You suck. You made a terrible decision. Like that's a combative way. You're not going to catch bees with fire. Um, you should catch bees with honey instead. If you come to them saying, okay, I understand that the train's leaving the station for redesigning the site. Here are some things we could do to mitigate the risk of this redesign being a very, very, very big net negative for the company. So that's the story you should come forward with. It kind of sucks because you do kind of come in as the party pooper saying like, it's totally possible that this can go really, really wrong. It can go right, but more often than not, I'm just going to speak for myself. I've never seen a redesign have a net positive. It's a huge risk. Yeah, I've only seen it flat or a total loss. When you think about testing disruptive tests versus the smaller scale tests, that is probably the biggest change, depending on what the redesign looks like. But for the most part, the redesigns are like blowing up the whole fucking website. Yeah. Those are the changes that are the most risky. And you're swinging for the grand slam. And if you miss... You lost the World Series. I don't know. That's a weird example, but like... Always a sports analogy. Always sports. You. Yes. Always to trip you up. Yeah, there's a big difference between redesigning your entire website and re redesigning one piece of the journey or one page. So still both very risky, but one more so than the other. If you go into these conversations from the perspective of an optimizer, you can just ask, what's the backup plan here? Yeah. If things don't go the way we want them to go, first of all, how are we measuring success? And if we don't hit that level of success, what's the backup plan? If the answer is uh, crickets, there's a serious problem there. I've been there before and this was related to the story that I shared a few minutes ago. What happens if it all goes wrong? Well, it went wrong and we were just playing doctor, playing surgery. Sorry, playing doctor, that means something totally different. Uh, <laughs> if we were playing surgeon the whole time, like that's rough. It's a waste of resources too. You should have that in place, right? You should have that in place for being able to roll it back, the backup plan, in case, you know, press break glass if emergency, right? You need to have that red button to stop the bleeding. So what does that look like, though? Is that like a feature flag? Like, what does that look like? Ideally, a feature flag. A couple times I've done site-wide redesign tests 
It's just been like, push it to a new URL or do a redirect. And holy shit, the SEO implications. Everything was so janky. Even executing redesign tests can be incredibly hard unless you you do it server-side. I think a lot of these companies are like, all right, server-side, we don't have server-side. Client-side is going to be hard. Let's just do it at 100%. Yeah. So I guess if you're having conversations about testing it, that's something. You should pat yourself on the back for real because a lot of times it's that's not even a conversation. It's just it's just happening. I'd say do a scaled approach. Do it like 90-10, 80-20. Start small. Start with a, a small amount of traffic. And this is true, I think, with disruptive tests in general, that it's okay to do it in a very small sample just to see what happens. You're not going to interpret the results other than is this such a negative that this may be not worth a 50-50 test if you have revenue goals to hit. Again, practical CRO versus let's say you run an 80-20 and it's like, all right, no red flags here. That's not go live. That means, all right, we're good for a 50-50. Now let's run it as a true split test. And even before you get to that point, there's a lot of things that you can do, such as if you already have a rigorous testing program, you can collect all of the learnings that you gathered from these tests in the past and make sure that everything that works well for your site is carried over into this new concept, this new redesign. Those are there for you to take. Don't waste them. Assuming your data is accurate, it's just a no-brainer and it's free. You already have those insights and you're going to look like a hero when you're like, hey, we need to make sure that this is included in the redesign because we've noticed that it actually does work for us. And you're not really stopping the party. You're just coming in saying, hey, don't forget this. There's also different approaches to kind of phasing out redesigns. Personally, I would feel a lot more comfortable working on a redesign that's done in bits and pieces. So focusing on the top pages and really building them out as a redesign section by section, or instead of blowing up the whole website, I'm just focusing on product pages first, you're still going to be working with a lot of variables that are changing and it might make it difficult for you to know what's working and what's not, but it's still a lot safer than blowing up the whole website in one go. Devil's advocate to that is, let's say you test a redesign on the product page. If it's not a cohesive design from homepage to category to product where the product page just looks entirely different than the rest of the site, it's going to be a lot more difficult to actually execute that redesign, which is why more often than not people opt to do full-scale redesigns and i get that but the solution to me isn't just do a full-scale redesign because that's incredibly risky but if you have time way early on the process like when i jumped in i was a month away from a redesign that ship had already started like deporting i don't know i don't know what the technical term is but they already prepared sailing it's already gone past the horizon you can't even see it anymore i don't know ship words clearly i'm not a a nautical person but assuming you have let's say you join a company and they're like we're planning a redesign in q4 and it's q2 Mm -hmm. so what you can do is say all right let's work on the design let's get to our ideal state and then chunk that design down into concrete tests that perhaps if you have past test winners make sure you include those in the redesign well same concept if you have tests that you can extract out from that final redesign into concrete things, test that as quickly as you can. It might not look exactly the same, but if you could test out the concepts, at least do no harm, then when you roll out the full redesign, you can have more confidence and lower your risk that a full-scale redesign isn't totally going to tank your site. I think a lot of times people have this, like, a redesign's just going to increase our conversion rate because it looks better and I have good eyes and I have great design sense. 
That's not true. Yeah. What you're doing is de-risking and removing variables. Consequently, if you break down a redesign into individual variables and you find out like one thing you're testing is a huge loser. Take that out of the redesign, right? You've quickly mitigated a shit ton of risk by taking that out. Totally. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a really good call out. Part of that is also defining is a flat result successful. Are we going for superiority or non-inferiority here? If you're going into a redesign expecting it to transform your entire business for the positive, then uh, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going in a very risky direction. But if you can look at your results and say, well, we didn't lose money necessarily, and it's not going to create a big hit on our permanent long-term growth, then that might be considered a win to you. So it's important to consider that as well. And then also, you can do a lot research-wise to prepare for this redesign. Like You can do prototyping. You can do user testing. You can show different concepts should be doing these things. Correction, you should be. <laughs> you should be getting validation before it's actually built and show different options, see what resonates. It's not perfect, but it's something. That's a huge red flag if in a redesign, your UX team just didn't do any of that. You just do what the CEO wants and that's it. And so like, again, back to the practical piece, sometimes that's where you're at and that sucks. But if you can take these tactical activities, like a user test is not stupidly expensive. Do these prototyping tests to get you to qualitative feedback to be able to understand, is this something that has big risk or not? And especially do that with your actual users. Another idea is you could also just run the prototypes with your actual users, especially if you're e-com. You could send them like a $50 gift card and say, would love your own feedback. This is some redesign we're looking towards. Do that with your actual users, especially if you're e-com. If you're B2B and you get a bunch of new users, it's going to be a little bit harder. And you might want to go more of like qualitative survey through winter or whatever other user testing. All of this is mitigating the risk. Do so you might have a redesign that just kicks ass? But that to me would be very surprising. Uh -huh. And instead, you should go the route of move forward with the design that doesn't tank your conversion rates, because that's generally what happens, especially with big changes and especially with so many variables. Your returning visitors are going to see this entirely new experience and they're going to be shook. They're going to be like, um, am I in the right spot? I don't know how to find the thing that I normally found easily. And this may really tank their experience. So it's good to keep an eye out for those things as well. I would maybe go as far as saying, I wish in the past that I only rolled out redesigns to new visitors. That way they don't come in with the same kind of baggage that returning visitors have. But I am open to debating on that one. From a testing perspective, that makes sense. From an architecture perspective, that might be a huge pain in the ass for the dev team to manage that. And from a testing perspective, like to be entirely clear, y'all, redesign testing is hard as fuck. Yeah. Actually executing a redesign test is just incredibly hard. Yeah. These are tools to hopefully help you guys have these conversations to figure out what you can do, again, to mitigate risk. If you are like, I'm struggling to test a redesign, you're not alone. It's an incredibly hard thing to do, especially if you're a smaller company with limited resources. Exactly. Do the best you can. Absolutely. Now, let's assume redesign happens. It's live and you've gone through maybe a test or you'd like just pushed it live if it's tested what do you want to do after this test has been launched i think there's a few things 
you're going to want to see how performance varies between new and returning users. Again, to the point of returning visitors are going to have different expectations. So you might see some big fluctuations on their performance. It's going to be an interesting decision framework to say what happens if you didn't test it and you just rolled it out and new users are fine with it, but old users are totally tanking it. That might be a way to like, all right, well, let's insert like a opt out of redesign for like two months. I know Reddit does that. If you go to old.reddit.com. Yes. Because I hate new Reddit. It's fucking stupid. I prefer old all the time. Yeah. Because, again, it's one of those things. I don't like it. Probably, they probably tested it. And for new Reddit people, they're probably like, this is what they're used to. But the old school Reddit was actually more usable than the new Reddit, for me at least. That's actually a good consideration. That is something that you could consider as an option for visitors in the planning stages before this test even goes live or before the redesign in general even goes live. Another thing that I'm surprised we totally didn't even touch upon is you got to make sure that the analytics and the events actually still work. It's totally possible that in the process of tearing down this entire website that you've broken a few events or you need to create new events. How are you going to analyze success after if all of this is broken? It's a really funny call out because I just assumed <laughs> you would hope that would be a thing. Yes. Right. That should not be an assumption. That should be a guarantee. But in the reality, that is absolutely something that has to be top of mind because redesign testing is hard as fuck. You might have dupe events. You might have yes. no events. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great call out. So that absolutely needs to be considered. And then when you're going through all this data, it's important to really lay out which variables have been totally removed and Connecting the dots on click activity, for example, if you're seeing a severe drop in clicks on a homepage, for example, because we removed the most popular section on the homepage, yeah. it's probably going to affect the rest of the conversion path. So just looking out for the key differences and trying to connect the dots as much as possible. If you do a redesign and you ultimately hit the like red alert revert back machine, like what do you do in terms of next steps? Because that's a tough one. Hopefully you've collected some data to understand where those choke points are, like you said. Hopefully you set the thing up fucking properly. Yeah. So you can actually understand what is happening and where things are breaking. And then assume everything's gone to shit. You'll have to go back and retest individual components, which is to me like the worst sense of irony because you, you just should done have it. just done that yeah. from the first. Yes. 100%. Yes. Sometimes when you're a junior CRO and you're telling them, I told you so, like, don't say I told you so. <laughs> like, you're not going to gain, again, be catch people, catch bees, catch people with honey. So you might catch some people with honey, but you'll probably catch more bees with honey, but you might catch more bears with honey. I digress. Yes. If you have ultimately this conversation, if you could do your best to tell people this is the ways we should be doing things and you don't, don't immediately throw in their face. Be nice and say, okay, let's try these next things. Knowing that this whole redesign didn't work, I've noticed in the screen recordings and the analytics, this is a choke point. This is one component that's new that didn't exist in the old. Can we test this new component? Maybe that's our choke point. Because if you then run that one test and then you see conversion rate tank by 70%, maybe you just swept that out and then you test the redesign again. And then maybe it does pass the like, do no harm. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. When I was in this situation a little while ago with a client, the client who was switching domains and then decided to just redesign their entire site, I found that it was a lot easier for me to see what went wrong by breaking down results at a page level and then saying, okay, the biggest drop in revenue per session occurred on collection pages. And obviously 
add to cart rates dropped, conversion rate dropped as a result, because we were able to isolate the collection pages as the biggest problem for this redesign. There is something to be said about, you know, you don't have to say, yeah, you fucked up by doing this redesign. You can let the data tell the story by just saying, we noticed the most negative consequence occurred on collection pages. These are my hypotheses as to why this occurred. Here are some screen recordings of users being clearly frustrated with the page. And that was when I noticed a lot of kind of light bulb moments with leadership because they were like, wow, I didn't realize how bad this looks on a mobile device. We prioritize fluffy creative, but the visitor can't see our product. It really helps to kind of put it into context there and isolate to very specific issues that you're finding. Yeah, if all else fails, like your job really is to optimize the new design as best as you can, and you can do corrective surgery through tests. The product owner, whoever was in charge of saying we are going to redesign the site at the current moment of a failed redesign, tail between their legs, they're getting screamed at yeah. from the board, from the leadership, from everyone. Especially now, layoffs. Totally. They will probably lose their job for that. And then that fucking sucks. If that's a person who doesn't lose their job, and hopefully they don't, because mistakes do happen, and it's very unfortunate, but they do happen. This is such a powerful opportunity for you to create this allyship. And if you choose to use that opportunity to coulda, woulda, shoulda, you're only burning them even more. But instead, if you give them an opportunity to build them back up and say, I have test ideas for you, screen recordings, I will help you succeed with this redesign, knowing it kind of went to shit, but I'm here to be your ally. Bro, that might not be your best friend at that company because they might leave or they might have some shit happen to them, but that's your best friend and your next opportunity. This is where we need to be more of in helping with redesigns, helping with people. And I know there's a lot of LinkedIn conversations around scolding people for redesigning. And while perhaps objectively correct that people just redesign for the sake of redesigning, and there's a shit ton of risk with that, and a lot of investment in addition to the risk, we have to be allies because we're going to catch more bees with honey. That's a, like we should just call this episode catch bees with honey or something because I just said that 20 times this episode. And if that doesn't resonate selfishly, you can see it as an opportunity of, oh, I get to be the hero here. I can maybe save the day. So if that resonates with you instead, surprise, this is actually a big opportunity for you. Assuming you still have your job at the end of the day and that everybody else has their job at the end of the day. Captain CRO coming to save the day, right? Yeah, exactly. So if there's kind of one thing you take away from this entire conversation on how to mitigate the risk of a redesign, what's your best advice? For me, it's not don't do it, but I mean, try not to do it. Don't do a redesign because it rarely turns out well, but start the conversations early. Get in those conversations early if you can and prepare everybody around you with what's already working and start future pacing. Like if this goes wrong, how are we going to roll this back or correct? Just really having us think steps ahead. All right, that was definitely like seven things. I always do said. that. I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> and then there's more, and then there's more. <laughs> I'm like Billy Mays. Uh, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Mays here. To be fair, I think you summarized everything that I would say entirely. I'll add one actual thing, not seven things. Just have conversations about risk. Mm -hmm. Just honestly have the conversations about the trade-offs to say, if we redesign with no testing, no prototyping, very, very high risk. If we run the test, lower risk, but still risky. If we don't have a backup plan, very risky. If we dissect tests, 
and test it before we get to redesign, less risky. So where do we want to be? If we are comfortable with a full-scale redesign, investing a shit ton of resources in something that may not work, especially because we haven't done any other activities, that's a business decision that I was not involved in and I will help clean up the mess, but that's y'all's decision here. And I've given you guys the education to say there are other activities we could do in smaller scales to get us to your goal. Yes. Which we want to support your goal. But if you want to slam the gas pedal and go right over the cliff. You do you. If you're more of senior, then maybe you have an opportunity to push back. If you're a junior, pick your battles. Yeah. Just be prepared to clean up some mess and potentially look like a freaking badass when you can solve some of the, the issues. Okay, Shiva. So you've got a LinkedIn post of the week for me and uh, I want to hear it. So let's get into it. So this week's LinkedIn post of the week comes courtesy of Kyle Hernshaw. If I pronounce your name properly, I should get bonus stickies because I suck at pronouncing names. It's true. Kyle, your post was excellent because it's something I just talked about in my CXL keynote. Shout out to me. <laughs> so vain. I don't want to read the whole post because it's a long post, but everyone should read it. There's a link to it that'll be in the comments. You used chess as an analogy to basically talk about the iterative approach and experimentation. And I think that's such an apt analogy for how we should approach experimentation. So one quote I will call out from your post is, the best experimenters don't plan single experiments, they plan sequences of experiments. The iterative thinking comes before the experiment, not after. Instead of iteration, we might call this pre-iteration. I agree with you, and I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I'll agree with you totally on the fact that you have to plan before you run the test, your next couple variations, because that takes you from tactical spaghetti testing to strategic experimentation. It enables economy of scale. Your devs can maybe build the test out so it's more efficient for the next iterations, maybe it's more prod ready. Like there's very good reasons why you should be doing that pre-test planning. You left a really good comment. You also kind of called out that after running a test, there are some unknown unknowns. Some results may really surprise you and you can't necessarily plan for those if you just don't know that this is going to be a thing. And why would you box yourself into this pre-baked plan and potentially miss out on that opportunity? Yes. Thank you for quoting the smart things that I said. I, I it wasn't that. it wasn't a direct quote. I paraphrase a little I took some liberties here, but like it's a good it's a good point. So I agree with the smart things that I said. You agree because, with yourself, okay. <laughs> but that's totally for me, that's my opinion, is that to have a plan for the next iterations is a good idea objectively. Don't just have one test and then say, We'll figure it out when we figure it out because it will slow you down. But you should also be open to the idea if you've planned three tests and in that first test, you've learned something. You shouldn't just say, well, we had the plan for the next three tests. It's something I have as a problem with roadmaps in general. If you're running an experimentation program and you're roadmapping for the whole year and you've just run that roadmap for the whole year, I'd say, did you actually like learn anything? Like, how good is your program? If you are learning something, your program will shift. Yeah. If you have learned nothing, then your program just execute on everything that you're trying to do. Yes. I question the validity of the program if you've learned nothing to the point that what you said on day one is what you're doing on three, day 364. Yes, yes. I make three-month roadmaps for testing programs, and I still always tell 
the client usually, this is flexible. Like this may change. So don't set this in stone. This is not a product roadmap. This is something that is going to change based on what we learn. The opportunity for you to quickly run a test by tweaking a couple things in the code, let's say it's client side and you tweak a couple things in the code based on the experiment that you run, the ROI of that might be much higher than just moving on to the next test. So you should be adaptable to that. Yes. One thing I think that circles back to the redesign conversation is there's just no planning for like a redesign, right? Once the redesign happens, if it wins, then you're just optimizing the new site basically, right? Like you have to conduct research on this new site and everything starts from scratch. So the instant someone throws in a redesign in the pipeline, your pipeline just gets broken. It disrupts the testing pipeline. It disrupts the learning pipeline. It's not, maybe you're not, maybe it's too harsh to say you're starting from zero, but it's disruptive. A big point of what Kyle was saying here is, for example, chess masters, they look several steps ahead. That's how they're good at what they do. And a redesign done poorly does not look steps ahead. It completely wipes the slate clean, like to your point, And there's no strategy around it. You're just working from nothing all over again. I'm going to add one more thing here. It's also kind of a gaming analogy. The thing that... Of course. <laughs> it's me, obviously. That's all I do. The thing that turned me into a really crappy Civilization VI player into a really good Civilization VI player is the ability to think several eras ahead. If you're familiar with the game, you have to plan hundreds of years into the future to know that, okay, in this era, I'm going to need this technology. What do I have to do now to make sure that I can beeline it as quickly as possible to having airplanes and unlocking flight, for example? That's like chess. It's also like redesigns. It's like life in general. You should be thinking steps ahead, but also being adaptable to things not going your way and having to correct course. I don't know if I could do this podcast anymore with a nerd of your status. I'm sorry. You're a nerd too. <laughs> well, a nerd, does a nerd have these tattoos? I have tats. You just spent two minutes talking about Civ 6. Yeah, because fucking great. It's an amazing game. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really good at this game. I'm really good at this game. That's something a nerd would say. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. You know what? I embrace it. I, If being a nerd, if being weird is the biggest complaint, I'm fine with that. I can live with that. Well, that does it for our last episode. <laughs> I don't want to hear the laundry list of my flaws, but uh, being a nerd is not one of them. We're definitely going to get some people in the comments just like saying, no, 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 Tracy's, Tracy's fine. Shiv is the asshole. Yeah, they're going to be like, Siv is great. I mean, you're wrong, objectively, but sure. we're going to get the comments anyway. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, drop it in the DMs. Siv's great. Tracy's great. Shiva's. All right. Well, that definitely does it for the last episode of From A to B. But before we end our whole series, yes. extra shout out to Kyle. Very thought-provoking post. Totally agree with the idea of strategic, iterative planning and tests, pre-test. That takes you from tactical to strategic. Fantastic advice that any junior CRO should be thinking of when they run an experimentation program. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, today's episode. I have one question for the community. What's your worst redesign story? Oh. Let us know. We want to hear about that. I want to unpack that for sure. Love it. All right. Thanks, y'all. 